Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu salam rasulullah. You're listening to Islam tomorrow. We're broadcasting over CMR. That's Calgary Muslim Radio. So if you're in Calgary, Canada, listening to the radio right now, well, you're just in time because <laughs> we're broadcasting here. This is your host, Yusuf Estes, National Muslim Chaplain out of Washington, D.C. We've been talking on the subject of which groups. We talked about the labels that these various groups give themselves. We talked about how the Prophet, peace be upon him, predicted exactly that this would happen, that we would divide up into so many different groups. And we talked about what would be the criteria, in other words, what would be the source of information that we'll be basing our decisions on as we begin to examine and discover during our investigation exactly what are these groups about and what's wrong with them and what's okay and what's not okay. We've been speaking very general up to now, but we did quote from the Quran and from the Sunnah of Muhammad, peace be upon him. And I want to pick up pretty much right where we left off. What I'd like to mention that Allah told us in the Quran, Awud Bilani Minishatoni regime, Al Yomul Akmaltu Lakum Dinakum Wa Atmamtu Alikum Nikmati Radi Tulukum Islamadina. The translation usually is presented in English as On this day, Allah is telling us that I have perfected for you your way of life, your deen or your religion and have conferred upon you my na'ma. Na'ma is big favor of Allah. Wa'aradi tulakum islamadina, and it means, and I have chosen for you to submit in Islam as your deen or way of life. So this really sets the tone totally for what we're going to be talking about. We're going to mention the word deen today. We're going to talk about that because so often that word is mistranslated as being religion. I myself even use the word religion because it's just common to say that. But Islam is wider than just a narrow man-made religion. Islam is actually a total way of life, as most Muslims know. So that's going to be number one. We're going to look to the way of life of the Muslim as as opposed to saying his religion. So it's not just a matter of what he does on on Friday when he goes to prayer. And it's not just a matter of fasting in Ramadan, but his total way of life as being what's talking about here. We referred to some of the other ayahs in the earlier program in part one. I don't need to repeat those, but just to basically remind you that Allah is saying that essentially he's not going to accept anything else for our way of life except the one he has prescribed for us. The deen that he has prescribed, the way of life that he's ordered for us, what he's made halal, permissible, what he's forbidden, haram, these are the uh, criterion that he set forth. This is what he's ordered, and this is what He's going to accept, and nothing less, nothing more. That's what he wants from us. Now, let's go back to the article that I've been reading to you. If you haven't done it already, slip over to the website. If you can reach your website from where you are. If you're driving a car, don't <laughs> don't try it. 
But when you get home, go to the website, islamtomorrow.com, I-S-L-A-M-T-O-M-O-R-R-O-W.com. Put a slash, type the word groups, and uh, I'm in uh, about the middle of the page. I'd say I'm just about halfway down the middle of the page. And I'm saying here, uh, let's ask the question, what does the term Islam actually mean anyway? You just heard me say that uh, Allah has prescribed our way of life to be Islam. Our deen has to be Islam. That's the whole, the, the two key operative words here are deen and Islam. He said he's not going to accept any deen except Islam. He's perfected our deen for us and he wants us to be in Islam as a deen. Okay? Deen, way of life. Okay, we got that. What is Islam? We hear people say Islam is peace. <laughs> Let's find out what it really is. These are Arabic words, not English. Okay, and they don't really translate easily as one word. They need an expression so that people can understand. The word Muslim is derived from the word Islam. So, that's going to be pretty simple to do Muslim once we get to Islam. Islam comes from the root in Lago Arabia, the language of Arabic, sin lamin. And it's pronounced slum or salama. But when we reach the perfected state of this verb, it is actually containing five things within it. Islam is the surrender, submission, obedience, sincerity, and peace. So peace is in there, but it doesn't mean peace because, as you know, salam means peace. We don't say Islam alaikum, we say salam alaikum. Got it? Got it. Okay. All of this brings us down to this subject of what we're talking about. It's a meaning of giving up the free will of the nafs in Arabic or yourself or your ego in favor of the will of the creator and sustainer of all that exists. Now stop and think about it. You're not going to do what you want to do. You're going to do what he wants you to do. You're going to chase after your vain desires or your lusts. You're going to set that aside in favor of what God wills. And by the way, it's not mentioned in the article, but I would like to mention this for those who kind of new to Islam or those who are not Muslim, Christians, etc. This is mentioned in the Bible twice in the New Testament when Jesus Christ, peace be upon him, orders his followers to pray like this. And he tells them in the prayer that you're supposed to be praying to God and you're asking for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Essentially, same thing. You do God's will instead of what you want. Let's continue with this article. What does Muslim mean? I told you it was going to be easy once we found out what's Islam. Islam is uh, surrendering, submission, obedience, sincerity, peace between you and Allah. You're doing what Allah wants you to do. So whoever does that is uh, Islam, Muslim. Because Arabic does not use the suffix er after the verb. It uses the prefix mu or mu, meme, in Arabia. Okay? Travel, travel, er. And Arabic, suffer, 
musafar. Call, caller. Arabic, adhan, mu'adhan. English, pray, prayer. And Arabic, salah, musalah, or salli and musalli. And submit, submitter, that's English, Arabic, Islam, mu'slam. Who submits or surrenders to Allah in obedience and complies in peace and sincerity. They are doing Islam, therefore they're a Muslim. Muslim, the one who follows or practices the action of Islam. That's it. Okay, you can't be a Muslim if you don't Islam. In English, we could say that the one who Islams is an Islamer. Of course, that's <laughs> mixing two languages together. That's not what we're after. Arabic just puts mu in front of it. Mu Islam. Muslim. Got it? Makes sense? How does a person become a Muslim? That's the next question. A person is not really a Muslim just because their parents are Muslim. And they are not a Muslim just because their country is Muslim or their passport says they're a Muslim. In fact, according to the Prophet, peace and blessing be upon him, he told us that everybody is born in the state of Al-Islam. They're already Muslim. How? He said because all the children are already doing what Allah wants them to do. This is the meaning of what he was saying, that every child is already born in the natural fitra, the natural inclination and as such, if a child dies, they go to paradise because they didn't do anything out of God's will. They were doing what he wanted them to do. They weren't making conscious choices to disobey him. So, now we get that established. It's only when a person gives up his or her free will choices in order to obey Almighty God completely on his terms that they really become a Muslim. Following along the orders of Jesus in the Bible, when he told his disciples to pray like this, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's exactly what I was referring to. If you do that, you're doing Islam. Also, Allah has told us in his book that all creation is in submission to him. So, how would it be, now think about things in nature, if the sun says to the moon, Hey moon, what kind of Muslim are you? Are you a Shiite? Are you a Sufi? And of course it doesn't make any sense. And just ponder that for a little bit. You're listening to CMR, Calgary Muslim Radio. This is your host, Yusuf Estes. We've been talking on the subject of what is Islam? Who are the Muslims? And this is all in regard to which group is the right group. And inshallah, God willing, we're going to determine that when we come back. You're listening to Calgary Muslim Radio, along with Islam Tomorrow, broadcasting all the way from Washington, D.C., up to Calgary in Alberta, Canada. Stay tuned for more right here at CMR, Calgary Muslim Radio. Slam tomorrow. I-S-L-A-M-T-O-M-O-R-R-O-W dot com.
You ever wonder why we call it a W? It's got two V's is what it looks like to me. But anyway, <laughs> slamtomorrow.com. Our website's open 24 hours a day, and there's always plenty of free parking. By the way, you know what? We've got a chat room over there now. You can go in and sit and chat with your friends and uh, talk about Islam. Check it out. See what's happening over to slamtomorrow.com. We'll take you back now to CMR, Calgary Muslim Radio, with our program already in progress. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Slam Tomorrow. We're here on the radio station called CMR, Calgary Muslim Radio. She hosts his fastest. We've been talking about the various groups within Islam. We first talked about who these groups were by name, and then we talked about how would you differentiate and what's the importance of it. We also discussed exactly what is Islam, what's not Islam, and who really are the Muslims. And now I think it's time for us to come up with an example that we can use so that there's a reference you can come to at any time and just say, okay, I've got this story, this example, that clearly shows what happens when Muslims fall into this bad practice of dividing up into these various groups. And incidentally, it is a very bad practice. It is not something that it's liked in Islam whatsoever. Continuing with the article that I was reading to you, you can go to our website, islamtomorrow.com slash groups, G-R-O-U-P-S. I'm about two-thirds or actually more than that, three-fourths of the way down the page right now. Go on down where it says, what color was the dog? When you get to that, that's where I'm reading to you from. Once there was a community of Muslims who were small in number, yet large in their iman, that means faith, in their actions. So much so that the kuffar, that's the non-believers, could not defeat them in battle even though they had the Muslims outnumbered. One day a young man from the kuffar pretended that he entered into Islam. He went to the big sheikh, a learned man there in one part of the city, and listened to his, the teaching of the Qur'an. The subject they were listening to was the subject of Al-Kahf, which means the cave, chapter 18. And when the scholar, the sheikh, completed his talk, he offered a chance for the brothers to present their questions. And when it came to turn for the non-believer, the one pretending to be a Muslim, he said he wanted to ask a question. He said, Sir, in the story of the sleepers of the cave, there's a mention of a dog. I was wondering, could I ask what color was the dog? I hope you don't mind my asking, especially if it's something that I shouldn't ask about or maybe you don't know the answer to it. Immediately the sheikh says to the young man, that's no problem at all. Everybody should know what color the dog was. He was yellow. The young man says, are you sure? I mean, could it have been any other color? No. The old man says, it was definitely yellow. Once again, the young man thanked him and went on his way. Now the next night, the young man goes to the other side of town. He sits with another sheikh and another group, and they're discussing different things about verses of the Quran. So when it comes time for the teacher to give each of the people present 
opportunity to ask a question. The non-believer, the Kafir man, raised his hand and said, In the chapter about the cave, we're still on chapter 18, the sleepers are mentioned in different numbers, but each time there's reference to their dog is being counted along with them. And I was wondering whether or not anyone ever had any knowledge, has ever made any reference to the color of the dog, what it might have been. The old man, the sheikh, immediately said, Yes, the dog in this story of the Quran was a black dog. The young Kafir man was pleased and he says, Sir, are you quite sure that the color of the dog mentioned in the story is black? Young man, he said quickly, I'll stake my reputation on that as fact. Thank you, sir, said the young man. The next night, the Kafir, non-believer, he was posing like a Muslim. He went back to the first sheikh. And when it came time for question and answers, he raised his hand. He said, Sheikh, uh, may Allah reward you for all your effort and knowledge and for sharing it with us. Could you maybe remind me about the answer to the question the other night about the color of the dog mentioned in chapter 18? Sir Al-Kahab, the Sheikh said, there's no doubt whatsoever among the great scholars of Islam on this question. The dog was yellow and anyone who says that has no knowledge. With that, the young man spoke up and he said, Sir, what would you say if someone else said that he would stake his reputation of being a scholar of Islam on the fact that the dog is not yellow, but the dog is certainly black? The sheikh quickly replied, Then his reputation is not that of a scholar, but one of a fool. Now the next time the young Kafir went back to the sheikh that was upholding the idea of the dog being black, he told that sheikh that the sheikh on the other side of town was calling him names and saying that he had no knowledge about Islam. For sure the dog was yellow. The old sheikh became angry and he shouted, You tell him that I said he is the one without knowledge. I am the one who graduated from the greatest of schools of Islam while he is but a fool. Now the plan was working. Before long, the community was dividing up into two groups, each group claiming that their sheikh was the one with the correct answer. Imagine this, black dog, yellow dog. Fighting broke out in the streets and the Muslims began attacking each other all over the city. And everybody became involved in this to the extent that there was not a single person who was excluded from this terrible situation screaming, shouting, even hitting and fighting were everywhere. And then it happened. When the Kafir went back outside of the city to his people who were waiting for him, he told them, Now let us go and fight them. You will find them most easy to defeat. And that is exactly what they did. May Allah save us from such fitna. Amen. Now let us consider that same concept and apply it to the various groups which came along claiming to be the saved sect. If it was not revealed during the time of Muhammad, peace and blessing be upon him, and it was not something done by his companions, and we ask Allah to be pleased with them all, 
then why would we want to incorporate it into our deen, our life as Muslims in Islam? Well, Allah has made it clear in his book, and we recite it to you again, in the Deen and the Lahil Islam, chapter 3, verse 19, Al-Imran. Certainly the only deen acceptable to Allah is Islam. The only way of life acceptable to him is for us to submit to him according to his terms. See? Surah Maidah, chapter 5, verse 3. Allah says, Al-Yawmul Akmaltu Lakum Dinakum Wa Atmamtu Alikum Ni'mati Raditu Lakum Islam Adina. And again, we heard that. On this day I have perfected for you your way of life, your religion. Completed my name, a favor on you, and chose for you Islam as your way of life. May Allah make us one body, joined together for all that is good in Islam. Amin. And may Allah make us avoid, at all costs, this dividing up and separating of the real Muslims. Amin. If you'd like more information on this subject, please don't hesitate to write to me. If we can in any way make it clear for anybody about this subject, we want to do that. And if we've made any errors, then please advise us and ask Allah to guide us to do better. And remember to always come back here to CMR, Calgary Muslim Radio, for more programs just like this. This is your host, Yusuf Estes, reminding you that it's only Allah who guides. Whomever he guides will never be misguided. And may Allah guide us all. Till next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.